Hello, this is Alex Bonilla. Uh, before this podcast on Infinity Train, I wanted to express that we at Over the Animated, in light of recent events in the U.S. as well as within the animation industry, wanted to give another boost to various resources supporting the Black Lives Matter movement, as well as support for Black voices in animation. Uh, we have included relevant links in the podcast description that you can refer to with regard to that. Uh, this particular episode will also touch on these events at some point in relation to our discussion on Infinity Train. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including Infinity Train Book 3, which we'll be talking about tonight. Uh, I'm your host, Alex Bonilla, and today I'm joined by Michelle Andrew. Hello. Maddie Potter. Hello. And April Collins. Hi there. Specifically, we are here for the third and final week as the final two episodes of Book 3 have released. Uh, we're going to be discussing the origami car and the new Apets, with obviously spoilers for the entire season. Um, you can find a previous discussion of this show that we've had on this podcast at OverlyAnimated.com. You can also find us on YouTube at YouTube.com slash OverlyAnimated. And wherever you listen to us, we always appreciate any ratings and reviews you want to leave us. Um, but yeah, we have uh, two major episodes to discuss, and we'll be discussing the season overall now that we have the complete picture. Uh, a lot of stuff happening, so let's go to Maddie first as we go around the room for initial reactions. Uh, Maddie, uh, you just watched the two episodes, I presume. Uh, how are you feeling? I am feeling a lot of things, and a lot none of them are good. I feel very... I, I just want to say that I finished episode nine, and I thought there wasn't a darker place we could go. <laughs> Like, I didn't think that we'd actually go the route of episode 9 ended, and I legitimately thought we might just leave her there and move on to Simon in episode 10 and just never go back to her again this season. Like, just have her be in essentially a coma, because that was dark. But then it somehow got worse when they literally melted some guy's skin off? in full view of the, like, camera, like, I thought there were, like, rules that they were going by for what they could show for, like, death in this show, because they showed really brutal for the mirror guy, but he wasn't really human. He was kind of, we knew he was kind of just liquid underneath there. Ah, but this show is making us think, what's the real difference between them and humans? Mm. Okay, thanks, (laughs) thanks, Alex. Thank you so much. That was necessary. But apparently what we needed to see was Simon's eyeballs melting and then his skull being there. Yeah. Just like Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. I I don't disagree that it was like Raiders of the Lost Ark and I'm like here for it. I just didn't expect it. I wasn't expecting it to be on screen. I just... What I think my reactions to this is, like just these episodes, not the full season in general is that we didn't go really in any directions I was expecting. No one got off, well, I mean, in a very, like, metaphysical sense, Simon got off the train, but, like, no one got off the train (laughs) through, like, the right method, quote-unquote. 
we didn't. Hazel was just gone. Like Hazel was gone two minutes into these episodes, and that was surprising. And we didn't see Amelia again. We actually did not see one one this season at all. It there was just a lot of surprising choices for me, for in my opinion. But I also think there were a lot of plot hooks for future seasons, which was also surprising. But I won't. I, I guess like we could hold off on that specifically. Yeah, we will. We'll, we'll definitely talk about what the future of this show is yeah. when, once we tackle what happened uh, in these twenty-two minutes. Uh, let, let's go to you, Michelle. Next, um, what, what are your uh, your initial feelings about these episodes? Uh, they made me very tired, but not because they were boring. They were really good in a lot of ways and I definitely somehow I had like the highest emotions for these out of any of them I think and that's like saying something because like I really didn't see the culmination of episode five coming and I assumed after that I would just like have this bar of expectation so that if something like that happened again I'd be ready but I wasn't ready for some of these twists um I agree with Maddie like as a season in general I didn't expect a lot of where this plot took us and that was really really nice because some things they seeded very well um but I think a lot of that was more in service of like character studies and you know their personal arcs versus like the plot of like where the story was gonna take us and I do think that was really well done I I'm like super conflicted on a couple things and I I don't know it's probably gonna be good to talk about it like with other people on the podcast because it was really hard to try to talk about it alone myself recording this morning but I mean I do think this was definitely the most complicated season that this crew has ever tried to do. And it's like such a hard subject matter. And I think like in a lot of, a lot of ways they succeeded really well. And I, I like in some ways I don't even envy them because like this just, this looks so hard to pull off. Um, but it's definitely not perfect. And I hope we can kind of get into some things that might not have landed the way they intended to. Cause I, I have feelings about that also. All right, all right. Um, a- April, uh, how about you? Where where are you at right now? <sighs> okay. <laughs> I just, I don't like. I I have a lot of feelings and I have emotions. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, <laughs> like everybody else. Um, oh wow! I, people, you're a human. What? <laughs> when did this happen? Um, it's a turtle. So did I. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But um, I definitely did not see anything in these last two episodes, like, coming. It was very shocking. And I I had a lot of, like, you know how, like, you're so, like, shocked and you don't know what's happening that you sort of, like, clutch at your heart? Um, I had that a lot. um, And not, like voluntarily like it just kind of happened and um like for certain things I was very like on edge especially after the origami car like that was that was a lot to take in and um I'm really glad that we got you know sort of Grace's backstory and how you know her and Simon got to be together um so I'm glad that we sort of like resolved that in a sense or at least answered that question but man I just did not like see this 
Like, I didn't see what happened to Simon coming. Like, we didn't have Hazel in these last two episodes, essentially, um, which was very, like, surprising. And there was a lot of, like, twists and turns. And I can't say, like, I'm upset, but I'm, like, happy, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because, like, I, it's, like, it was a lot to kind of pull off. And, yeah, like... Michelle said it wasn't perfect, but like it was a lot to pull off. And I think they did it. And I think that um, I liked that the season didn't end in a way that I expected it to, because um, in the first book and the second book, you know, like it ended, people got off the train and that was kind of it. Um, And so I really enjoyed that, like, no one really got off the train. So and it definitely leaves and there's a lot left open, but Again, like I'm like, it gives me a lot to speculate and look forward to in a potential book for. Okay, okay, that that. Thank you all for for sharing your, <laughs> your conflicted feelings. Um, I'll say I I was in a very similar boat in terms of uh, feeling uh, tired by this in a, in a way. Yeah. Um, I'll say especially uh, the first time I watched it was this morning when I woke up. And it's been a very rough 12 hours for me in terms of consuming the news and, like, being around, like, oh everything that's happening. Yeah. So when I watched this, like, I, I, I wasn't, I, I, I probably wasn't, well, I mean, I probably wasn't in the right mindset. And, but at the same, like, the, the feeling that I got after finishing was almost hollow, like, man, like. What did I watch? Like, but like, it's it's a similar feeling that I remember having after very tough BoJack Horseman episodes or after Undone. Like, it like those kind of episodes that really dig into into the into the human psyche in uncomfortable ways. Like that the, the, yeah. the this is this made it dug into those similar feelings. So um, now I rewatched more recently, like after work and like a bit, a bit of distance, and I can appreciate more like you know the the positive notes that you get, especially out of Grace's character. But uh, yeah, the first time watching it was was very difficult because of all the things that happened. Uh, I'm interested that uh, a couple of you have said that it ended in a way that was unexpected because I do feel like in previous podcasts we've discussed a lot of possibility in terms of what actually happened, like, especially, especially with regards to Simon, I think we, we had already discussed this possibility. So like it, it, it I feel that the, the, the story went the way that it was heading. Um, but, I mean, that's true in retrospect. I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I think that we predicted where it was going, but I don't know. If, like, like, maybe, like, maybe, you know maybe where the story's going doesn't execution. mean you think that they'll actually do it. Cause this is a very wild ending. Yeah, Even if I thought, even if the we, characters were leading in this spot. Sorry. Sorry, Michelle. No, it's okay. I mean, I feel like we had a lot of discussion last podcast about, like, we, it seemed very unlikely to us that Simon was going to straight up die just because, yeah. like, yeah. it just seemed like, you know, like, they, they'd gone to such extenuating lengths to make him sympathetic that I think we all assumed that was leading to some kind of payoff of him taking at least the first step, the way Grace has been taking a lot of steps in the direction they needed to be going, but he just ended up doubling down. And I think based on that, he did a lot more than double down. You know what I mean? Though, like after, after we saw what happened after his heart was broken, like it, it would have gone one of two ways. And I feel like, yeah, if we go this way, it makes sense that he would straight up just die. But we didn't know that was for sure how he was going to react, even though we could infer it 
based on other evidence before in the show. Okay. And I yeah, think, fair, fair I think the I'll... biggest shock comes from like, they actually like did it more than yeah. like, yeah. like it's, I guess it's kind of like fun and games to sort of speculate that, you know, Simon would die or any yeah. character really. <laughs> you know what games. I mean? But yeah. Games. But really though. And then like, and then for it to actually like happen and you to see it and like in the way that it played out is totally different and it it is like it is very shocking to kind of see that because and I think it comes with like the like like some of my like mixed feelings were that um you know like oh like you know I'm glad I don't have to deal with Simon anymore but I'm also still kind of sad that he's like he's gone (laughs) kind of thing because he didn't get a chance to like change yeah like he didn't get that he didn't get a chance at redemption and so i guess like that potential you know like is gone and so you're sad about that but then like it's like it's it, it's very confusing i'll concede that the execution of that was perhaps a little more unexpected than than you'd appreciate um there's a lot to get to with simon but I do, I, I feel like it's better if we start with Grace first. Like, okay, get, yeah. Get, get, get her, her story in here. Because at the end of the day, like, the, a lot of the first eight episodes, I think we talked about, like, it was focusing more on giving Simon the backstory. Episodes nine and ten finally, like, get, get around to Grace. Especially episode nine, like, where, where we get the whole, like, going through your memory tape that, uh, that we got for Tulip and, and for, for Jesse. So like Grace finally gets that. Um, how so? And episode ten, like we see her finally coming to terms with what she's learning from the train. Like she like literally like yeah. sa- says out loud like the lessons <laughs> she's supposed to learn. <laughs> so um, what 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 are, what are we feeling about, about like how how Grace has been was treated on the whole this season? Um, uh, Maddie, I don't know if you want to go first here. I. I mean, I'd like to talk about it. I don't really, um, I think that my grace is just so interesting because she has a similar thing to Jesse in that she wants to be, she wants to be in a group and that's very clear. She wants to be included. She wants to be with people. And that's really well shown in the way she reacts to all these girls that are it's not 100% clear to us, the audience, if they're laughing at her, but to her, she's very sure they are laughing at her. And that's what really matters. That she is sure that in that moment, they're sitting at the table talking about her, laughing about her. And it, that continues all through like her stuff. That's why she made the Apex. That's why she kept keeps doing things to make Simon like her. Like, because that's what she cares about. She cares about these people still liking her despite everything. And I find it really interesting that we get to the end. And that hasn't really changed. She's just accepted that she's doing it. She isn't... She, unlike Tulip and and Jesse and Lake, we're not at this point where she's ready to be... Like, she's not fully, quote-unquote, reformed. I don't know what words you want to use for the train that, like... She hasn't fully learned this lesson, but she has realized that this is the lesson she's here to learn. And I think that's really important. And I think that's really interesting the way they're showing this. I know we're going to get, I know with Michelle here, we're going to get into whether the train is good or not. And Uh, I'm kind of. You might not. Oh, we might not. (laughs) 
sidestepping whether this is okay or not. I'm just saying, like, this is what's happening with Grace. And I really love the way we saw it because we saw her memories and then we saw her her own commentary on her memories through the voice of the other characters. And that is so interesting. It's such an interesting technique. And I don't know what else to say about that besides it being really cool. Yeah, we, we, we can focus on Grace as a character before we, we go into the maker with the train uh, system. But like, uh, Michelle, specifically uh, on, on Grace, um, how, how do you feel about uh, where, where she ends up here? I I was super relieved that we focused so much on Grace for the last two episodes because I was getting a little concerned that we were spending that the the plot was spending so much time on Simon and like the cat and just like all of his baggage because like for the first few episodes we really are more aligned with Grace and we see more of what she's thinking and how she's relating to Hazel um and Simon was more in the background so I'm glad that we closed out with her it does seem to like, we are supposed to, like, be way more on Grace's side than Simon. And, well, I guess you can make the argument that they're co-leads of the season. I, like, I feel like, you know, Grace is the one who survived this. This really is kind of her season. She's, in my opinion, more the main character just based on how this all shook out. But, yeah, I'm really glad we finally got her backstory. It it fleshes out a lot of the things that we'd kind of seen in practice, but with way more needed context I love that she was like just vocally confronting her own worst fears. And I love that she, you know, she's a strong enough person that she was able to kind of get through that in not a lot of time and like get herself out of her memory trap the way Tulip did. And I, that's not easy to do. And the cat even warned Simon about that. And we'd seen Tulip deal with that in the first book. So it, it says a lot to her character that she could get through that. And I just, like, I remember when I was watching this, I kept screaming, like, well, Amelia, come back. You're the most powerful person we've seen who's not directly a train or one one. And, like, <laughs> your belt can solve everyone's problems. I just kept screaming for Amelia to come back and, like, help. And she never came. And instead, like, Grace just constantly stepped up for herself. And I actually think that's a really good decision. And even at the end when, like, her and Simon are fighting on the um, the bridge and like she's like barely holding on and I'm just like I don't know how like there's like a gome on top of her like how is this gonna like how's anything gonna work out and she like has this clever way of like kicking Simon's leg getting his boot off throwing it at the gome and then just like pulling herself back up it's just like she she's had to look out for herself for so long and she's very good at it and it it saved her life more than once and I do think that's like a very strong positive quality that grace has and i'm really glad that that was showcased so much um i mean i really like grace honestly i kind of like honestly wish we'd focused even more on grace but i get that it's like they're they're trying to nuance everyone and and it's complicated but like i think there's like so much more to grace we don't even know and i I really just want to see more of it now yeah, and I, I did find it interesting. You 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 called her like that, like they're co leads, but that she's more of the of the main, which I find interesting because at least in my watching experience, it's like man, like it, like I wish there was more grace. Like I wish yeah. that, it, that it did focus on her more, and I didn't feel that. So that's why like it's kind of hard to like uh, um, to say that she's like the actual main character when so when they're splitting up the focus so much in here. 
Um, April, I don't know how. Uh, where are you at with uh, with how the show um, treated Great uh, Grace this season? I I mean, I definitely agree that she should have gotten more more time this season, um, especially if you know she because in the end she does. Re- like she is the lead at the end yeah. of the season. Yeah. And so um, I guess like in the beginning, it was really interesting that her time was sort of split between her and Simon. But even looking back and uh, just kind of thinking about it, like we did kind of focus in on Grace a little bit more than Simon. And not, Gr- Simon did have his moments and things like that. But I, 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 I do wish that we would have spent more time with Grace. And I just... I love that we are able to see like her growth just from, you know, from episode, not even from episode like one of this season, but from book two, whenever she was sort of first introduced. And then like, because I remember at the beginning of this, we were all like, you know, how are we going to have like a, a, a book where like we we're not on the best terms with the leads. And so, um, just like my affection and adoration towards her has grown from, you know, the very beginning and we got to, you know, watch her progress. And even though she's not off the train, like, you know, um, Lake and Jesse and Tulip were at the end of their season, she's definitely like made great strides and, um, and like her, you know, standing up for herself and confronting Simon, in front of the apex is a lot, especially because Grace has been very much like a, a people pleaser for the kids. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, just kind of like go against them and speak out. And like, whenever she like wiped off the lipstick off her face or whatever, like, I thought that was just like a really incredible moment, even though it was such a like small act. So, um, but I'm, I'm, I'm satisfied with, you know, the progress that she's made and where we've ended with her. Uh, I really hope we get more of her cause I want more of her. She's, she's a very unique and interesting character. Yeah. And like, I've really enjoyed, you know, going down this, going down the train with her or whatever. <laughs> going down, going the, down train. the train. <laughs> but I mean, and unlike other characters that we've been with, we actually have the chance to see her again. She is not necessarily yeah. need to be gone forever. Yeah, and I think that's, like, another reason why, like, I, I'm, i like, satisfied with the ending of this book is because, like, there is the potential that we'll get to see Grace again, especially if, like, in book four we follow, like, Hazel or something, like, that I, I think that would definitely be something, you know, that has a lot of potential and could definitely happen. Oh, that, that that reunion is gonna is gonna hurt. <laughs> it's gonna yeah. hurt, but it's a gonna... lot of things are gonna hurt. <laughs> Look, <laughs> we're already hurting for you. Uh, yeah, I was I was gonna uh, because about, uh, a couple of you have alluded to the fact that like she's not off the train at the end of this season, but like she's definitely on her way there, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, one hundred percent, she's on her oh, way. Oh yeah, she's like she's made some crazy strides in her number because it was almost yeah. all the way up her arm, and now it's like her mid like forearm now, if that. Uh, so. I believe it, it gets to triple to triple digits, which is you know. 
I, they, <laughs> they, they sort of alluded to that, which is, I mean, yeah. that's awesome. I love that. So. They kind of left to see suspense on where exactly her number ends up, but it shows that she's getting, she's improving, and yeah. that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, we can dig a little bit into into her backstory since that's such a, a big piece of the yeah. origami car. Um, we got. Uh, I believe that uh, parents is a theme that that the Infinity Train pinpoints. Uh. Um, so similar stuff to Tulip, where she feels yep. a bit neglected yeah. by her parents and. Uh, <laughs> Um, uh, if, uh, anything in particular that that stood out to to you guys from this uh, look back in in Grace's story and uh, how how that how that affects her character? I thought uh, it was really interesting that we had the scene in the ice cream shop where um, you know we don't know that the girls at that table were necessarily you know talking about her or making fun of her or in any way, but then. You know, she's sort of like it's it it's very like within her character as we know her for her to like go up to him and be like, Oh, like you're right. She shouldn't smile until she gets her braces off. It was so mean. It's so it brutal. Was so, it was so mean and brutal. But like at the same time I was just like, Well, that's Grace, like yeah. Yeah. here she is. <laughs> so but like I, it definitely sort of like cut deep whenever she was like, I just wanted to be noticed. So I and her her parents suck. <laughs> yeah. Her parents are those like I guess like hashtag classic rich parents who are just like too busy with like growing their wealth and being business people that they don't have time for her. And I know Alex, you you mentioned in the doc outline that's like, oh, it, it seems like the mom can't even remember like the maid's name. But I think the implication is maybe she goes through so many, she just like can't even keep track of them anymore. Like th- they cycle that's through so I many. Mean. Yeah, I think it, it's I like think she always like has them watch over Grace instead of being there with her daughter herself. And so it's just this extra barrier that Grace has from her family. Like she doesn't really get to spend time with them. And that further isolates her on top of the fact that she said they make all of her lessons private because that's the fancy person thing to do. But also that just leaves her feeling even more alone. Yeah. I, well, I think that the way I read it was not that the mom forgot it was supposed to be like this happens a lot this is happening over and over and over again there are events they're embarrassed by grace and then they send her off with whichever nanny is there that day that week that whatever and it really and then they spoke back in every voice of every nanny she's ever had like that was really sad yeah well i wouldn't surprise me also if her parents like constantly replaced the nannies it's as right. well. Yeah, they replace them constantly, so it's like you don't yeah. even get attached yeah. to one of them because mm-hmm. they're always the new, a new person later. Yeah, and it's also interesting too that like Grace is never really like I guess a bad like she she's not really ever a bad kid. Whenever no. we do see her in our flashbacks, I mean, like she's playing with her mother's makeup. Okay, that's fine. You know, that's not a big deal. Like she she makes a mean comment to another girl. Okay, that's no I guess normal. It's normal. Which, yeah. Yeah, but then like for her to like actually like steal a bracelet, and then whenever her dad is like, well, she like she wouldn't do that. She has no reason, and it's like. Mm-hmm. 
You just how do you? Yeah, yeah, like you don't know. You don't even know your kid. How do you yeah. know what she feels? That's the problem. That's why she did this. It was a cry for help, for mm-hmm. attention. Well, I, I found it an interesting detail that we make Grace come from a family of privilege, where like she could do these things and not receive any like, like she she had the, on the one hand feels stifled by the family atmosphere, but at the same time, like she is able to be bailed out because the parents yeah. have influence. So like it's a it's a weird seesaw going on in her in her, in her life. It's I think it's really interesting the way they do that. Well, I think it's interesting, too, that Grace sort of blames a bit of her loneliness on the fact that her family is well off. But, like, I 100% related to Grace during all of these moments. I was like, oh, look, there's my childhood happening. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Maybe my parents were, you know, meeting with fancy pants people. But, like, (laughs) you know, it can happen, you know, to... To families of all backgrounds so I, I think it was the, uh, that's another reason why like I have such an adoration for Grace is because you know I was able to relate to her so yeah they, I think they go to a really good length and I think this is probably true for most of the main characters in Infinity Train to make them super relatable even if their situation is arguably pretty specific which is impressive and i do think they're very good at it oh they're really good at it because i i can't say like i feel like i could i can relate to all of the like leads that we've had in every season and so just like being able to connect with another person even though like they're like tulip is not Lake, Lake is not Jesse, Jesse is not Grace, like none of them are the same in any way, shape, or form. And so I think that's just really like masterful like character writing. Yeah. They're they all have they all have through lines where you can see where they're where you can see where they're different people, but you can also see where they've made had to make decisions in situations that are very similar. Yeah, because they're all on the train. I mean they got that in common. <laughs> Uh, so, so that episode keeps going on. It, it touches on how Grace meets Simon, and we'll talk about that when we get to Simon. But uh, the the new the new pets it begins with Grace going back inwards as, as she's like fighting to get out of that tape situation, and we go through her more recent regrets, um, including this this amazing uh, giant hazels all over or surrounding her. Um, it, the hazels are really brutal in, in this. <laughs> Um, the, the, the key line, a cowardly leading cowards, uh, just repeated by a, a tiny girl voice was, uh, kind of, <laughs> it, it, it scared me a little bit. Uh, <laughs> but, but like, in, in the process, um, she like spells out, like, oh, uh, what's going on with her. She's like, I was, uh, I was wrong, afraid of being wrong and disappointing others, and I just wanted to avoid being alone. That happened anyway. So like, she says these, these things out loud. And uh, she she comes to she, uh, after coming to this revelation. Um, so uh, I feel like Infinity Train has done this in previous seasons, where like they need the main character to like spell out that they've learned their lesson. I'm not sure, uh, at least to me, it's not that great. But like I don't know how how you guys uh, took this uh, this whole opening to that episode. I like it. I think, I think honestly, that... sorry. <laughs> I like it because 
in the moment it's it's usually a very high emotional situation when you're watching it fresh and even if you have the courtesy of having time between episodes to theorize and you can put the pieces together even if they don't spell it out for you i feel like i always appreciate knowing exactly what the character thinks their situation is because me making assumptions isn't always going to align perfectly with what they actually think is happening to them. So I like the clarification, even if it's very obviously done. Uh, I I think it's, I don't think it's a bad thing. For me, it doesn't really break my immersion, but I definitely see how that could be like a little frustrating if you feel very confident in knowing like where it's going, especially for Grace, because it'd been a minute since we'd spent time with her and it took till the last two episodes to really dive into her stuff i feel like i didn't have a lot of assumptions going in with her at all i really wanted to learn more so for me it was really nice to finally get that in her own words uh, maddie you were going to comment i just think that um even if we were ex- like even if it is the same trope of like telling us it, i don't know if it's necessary to tell us exactly what's going on like what we're what like the character is solving about themselves, but I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I yeah. really appreciate, especially when it's done in an interesting way. I don't think that um, that's, I, I don't think there's a point in like saying that's not good. Cause I really appreciate this, especially when we did it in a very interesting way. Mm-hmm. It was just, I don't know, just the memories and the exact way we saw her um, deal with them in the way we presented it, even if it was a very, even if we could have expected exactly like, even if it's kind of like, I'm sorry, the word is escaping me. Even if this is very tropey and very normal for this um, series to do it this way, that's more its strength, I think, than its downfall because we know what we're getting here and I, I just think it works. I think that's just the base of it. I just think this really works really well, this entire beginning of this episode. Mm-hmm. And, and Michelle might makes a point that, like, again, this could this could be a symptom of the show needing to spread its focus around, not just on Grace, that it had been a minute since we really talked yeah. about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so maybe it's a good summary of the things for, for you as, as everything is happening this season. And it, it's it's good to be able to align yourself with the character as well. Mm-hmm. So you're not yeah. like, so you know what's going through their head versus having to guess and assume because then it like their actions make more sense. So instead of like sitting here being frustrated because Grace did this and I don't know why I can say like I can already make the connection as to why Grace did what she did in whatever scenario and then be like okay that makes sense why she did it you know versus like just me being incredibly like frustrated and driving myself insane like Grace why are you doing things I don't understand like like, hang on I'll tell you straight out like this yeah so and I guess that I think that it doesn't um, like take away from the story to like that much just because then like you can actually focus on the story versus like trying to figure out like the the character's motivation and and then how they're going to get there like they're very just like upfront about it and I think that's really nice because nothing is more 
nothing drives me more crazy than whenever I'm sitting here and trying to guess like why a character is doing what they're doing. And then like three episodes later, I finally find out. I mean, granted, we didn't find out until the end of the season, but still like if we as we move forward with Grace, potentially we know. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, Thank you guys for for sharing your perspective on that. Um, I think now is the time when we can begin um, shifting our focus over to Simon. Um, especially, especially given that like after Grace goes through all that is when he she confronts uh, Simon in his new role. And um, yeah, the, the, the full antagonist turn completes in these uh, two episodes. We got a lot of Simon highlights. Um, uh, just in, in general, this, the, these episodes, one thing they do have are the visuals are great and they also just have really like dis- distressing shots. Uh, one of which is p- making Grace stuck in that memory loop and she's like a zombie and Simon just like oh. pushes her, her over and like the, just like the, the disgusted grin that he has when he's doing that is just so. Uh, <laughs> it's very gross it's very gross yeah. on a lot of levels yes yeah. and in, in so like in general simon is being very gross <laughs> in these episodes um we get a lot of uh, um symptoms of uh of abusive even in in these uh episodes um we, we've talked in previous podcasts about the focus that was being given to Simon's uh, backstory, in, in especially in the cat episodes. And we get a little bit more in the origami car, too. We, we actually like see him getting abandoned and all. But now that we know how this ends, which is with Simon like getting into maniacal rage and uh, dying of gom, um, how do we feel? Dying about- of gom. Dying of gom. <laughs> gom sounds like a disease. <laughs> yeah, I diagnosed you with gom. <laughs> There's no cure. Yeah. Oh, um, he died of gom. Oh, he was melted. <laughs> like. <laughs> they're not the same. I can't believe the gomes also like explode after they do this because that's all they try to do and it kills them. So what kind of system is that? Is it a self suicide? Like why? Why do they like if they know it's, it's like bees, right? Like bees, if they sting you and they lose their stinger, then they die. Whereas like hornets can sting you forever and regrow stingers, and that just sucks. That's not fair. They don't I, make honey. I, <laughs> I, I, I have stuff to say about the gome, but I think that it's mostly speculation and mostly about whether there's a future season. Because the way this oh. gome did this, it seemed like it was intentional. Like it wanted it, to die. It, 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 it seemed like it was fulfilling a purpose and it feels like they have a purpose here on the train that we don't know yet like i was expecting it to explode and for there to be simon inside of it like a younger simon over again we we can we can talk a little bit about train lore (laughs) a little bit later but uh focusing on on simon and his, his death here um how do we feel about all the the, the backstory that we're given to like you know sympathize where he's coming from and why he gets this way and, and given how it ends um michelle i don't know if you want to start us off on on how we dealt deal with, with his story a really dangerous question um so one thing i've been holding on to since april's initial thoughts was uh april you were saying that you felt like simon didn't have the sad thing about seeing simon die in the show is that he didn't have the chance to change i personally feel like 
what's sad is not that he didn't have the chance is that he had the chance all along. He just, it sucks that he never took it because if we're real, like he and grace have had plenty of time to change their mind. And grace actually completely did change her mind. And they were at that point experiencing pretty similar things. Like they met Hazel and Tuba at the same time. They shared the same journey with them. Uh, They left both those characters left them at the same time. So I think it really is just like, it sucks that Simon was so unwilling at every turn to change his mind about anything and instead just double down on like, I don't agree with this, this is wrong. You don't agree with me, then you're wrong. And now you're the problem. And just pushing everything away that didn't suit how he wanted to look at the world because he was more interested in protecting himself than healing himself. And I think like, if there's a tragedy there, that's it. But I don't know. I It's so hard to talk about Simon right now. I think it someone is. else should go for a little bit. <laughs> um, I think that Simon, the saddest part about Simon is that I get how he... It, he I get it. I get how he got to this point. And mm-hmm. he's just... He went through trauma. He never really grew from it. And it's you can't really blame someone for the trauma but we can say that he could have been a lot better he could have changed and he had that chance and he had that chance to change from trauma but having seen what happened to him having seen how it affected him and seeing how grace came into his life right when the cat left his life it, it was instantaneous it's just you get how it happened and I think that's the most depressing part, that you see it, that it's not surprising to you after you see it, that it's like, yeah, I get it. This is how Simon went down this path. And there's no fixing it. There's no undo button that undoes the trauma he has. It's just a matter of whether he's ready to change. And he just never is during the season. Oh, my God. There's, I have a lot of feelings about. Alex, what do you think yeah. about Simon? Oh. I'm sure you have thoughts. <laughs> Tell us well, your thoughts on Simon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, obviously we 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 shouldn't compare trauma. Everyone never is, is yeah. different, right? But I do think that the show, the, especially with Origami Car, tries to place that like Grace is coming from a similar place of not wanting to be alone, not wanting yeah. to be abandoned yeah. once she finds someone. So mm-hmm. it's interesting that we see like the two the two divergences. Of one person like it is open to other relationships. In this case, Grace with Hazel, and that opens her up to a new viewpoint. Whereas we see Simon is comfortable with the one relationship and desperately doesn't want that to go away, and because of that, closes it closes himself off to any new knowledge. In this case, like uh, empathy for Hazel and changing his viewpoint. So like we see like the the, the two the two reactions and uh, just them going totally off in, in different directions. It, it's difficult because you see uh, it becomes so malicious in in the last episode mm-hmm. um, to to the point where like uh, you know like that that moment where where Grace where Grace still helps Simon <laughs> up and Simon is. For like a brief second, it's like, why did you do that? And then immediately goes back to, no, I, 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 
this isn't wrong. I shouldn't be doing this anymore, and pushes her off. So oh like, it's just a, it's a place where like there's like really no defending <laughs> that, and like what it 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 comes back to a more general feeling of of like what are how to how to deal with like all these stories of like you watch someone slowly lose uh, lose themselves uh, to uh, committing more evil actions and like you understand why they do it but like th- at the same time like they're hurting people that <laughs> that that are trying to make changes so it's like how am i supposed to feel about you when i've spent so much, when the show has spent time like tra- telling me why they they got there and like that's all that's the eternal struggle with with shows like this and that's what makes this uh this uh, difficult to um uh, at least difficult for me to to figure out because like it, it definitely felt uh and like uh, also it, contributing to that is he dies like just like yeah. there's, there's an ending yeah. there and it's just like well uh, i mean uh, in previous shows i feel like that's been discussed as like that's like the easy way out you just kill the character once they've done the most evil thing most evil thing but because like we've seen like the 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 whole the whole thing from them being close friends and slowly losing the relationship to the end it's like it does feel like a complete a complete story but it still feels like it feels weird that like that's that that's just that's just it you know yeah, I have thoughts about yeah. that. Um, I feel like, and a lot of what I was thinking over the week was like, <laughs> ah, okay, I'll just do it. I did it once today. I'll do it again. So, like, I, I don't know if all of us read, like, Sarah's thoughts in the Infinity Train thread on our Discord. I know, Alex, you probably did. Maddie and April, I, I, I didn't don't know if you did. To. I, I kind so, of try to avoid I'll, the, the Discord yeah. threads when before the podcast. Yeah. I will summarize. So... When we were all super, like, you know, we were kind of jazzed after the last episode drops. Last Thursday, we all, like, as we do, we get on our Discord and we, like, talk about, like, oh, man, this is so crazy. And a lot of our commentary was about Simon, obviously, because, like, and I think, like, this this is something that's, I don't know, it's, it's hard to talk about in terms of, like, how much credit do you give a show team versus just how it comes off, but because at that point, Simon was just, like, the, like, the one doing the most... Terrible things. He was the character in everyone's mind, not necessarily Grace or Hazel or anyone else who was, a, like, probably, like, you know, someone we should be rooting for. So we were really getting this time. We like, oh, this is so sad. His backstory is so tragic. Like, what do we do with this kid? And Sarah Kane, she's kind of like, yeah, I see all this. But also, like, it's making me super uncomfortable because this, like, this, like, delving into this sort of character, especially, like, when they're a white guy like feels very reminiscent of like how media coverage handles like school shooters and like serial murder. Like it's, it's true though. Right. Like the majority of those people are people like Simon and somehow it's like all tilted to like, Oh, it's just them as an individual. And like what in their childhood could have prompted them to be this kind of terrible person. And like, what was the state of their mind? And in a way it's kind of fascinating that they were able to commit all these crimes. And like, you know, like, that's really what true crime podcasts feel like a lot of times in a way it's just this creepy kind of like digging into the mind of someone that is given a little too much focus and a little too much humanity I think frankly for the juxtaposition of that versus like the atrocities they commit and um I I was like thinking about that based off of Sarah's thought and it, it just 
it stuck with me all week and it it honestly forever just changed my perspective of Simon because I could never go back to just seeing him the way the show intends. And I, I tried really hard to like talk about this in my video. I don't, I still haven't edited that part. So I don't know how it's going to go. I am a little terrified of the comment section, but like, essentially I think like what's happened here is there's like two Simons. There's like the Simon that exists in the confines of the show that the crew made and had like, you know, lots of nuanced conversations about, I'm sure. Um, and they did a lot of things that made sense. Like they made him the straight up villain. Like they made C Grace the one we're supposed to empathize with, the one we're supposed to be on the side of. And that's all like really good intention. But I do think like there's such a balance you have to strike between giving everyone nuance because that's like something you're known for doing in your show and being mindful of like the real life ramifications of how this comes off in the greater scheme of just like, you know, reality. And I think like on a personal show level, Simon is like a masterclass of making a very nuanced, difficult character that you are able to very easily put yourself in the mind of and empathize with extremely while also being able to like divorce that from the decisions he's making and objectively still dislike him for committing these crimes. But I think like it just based on the world we live in, like how he looks in the context of real people that do a lot of the things he do. I think it was probably a mistake to spend so much time on the humanizing aspects of him in this show. And by that, I mean, like, I, I don't, I mean they should like take it all away i just think like you know did we need that second part of simon going back to the cat again for that extra kind of just like hitting home like well explain yourself to me why did you leave me and you owe me something because that does ultimately make him seem a little more sympathetic and maybe that time would have been better spent with like hazel and fleshing out her state of mind like she got the funeral moment with grace that was really great but there could have been a lot more i I was thinking like half the times we see Hazel and Grace bond, like the first half are fun. The second half, they're either traumatized by tuba dying, which is, you know, in relation to what Simon did, or they're in that cave and they're also grieving and kind of in fear of Simon. Like and I, that just reads really different in the context of real life than it does in the vacuum of the show. And I just, I don't know. It's, it's not like I have super good solutions to this. Like it is such a gamble and I do really admire and appreciate that they were willing to even take this subject matter on. But I do think because this show is so short, they cannot accomplish this the way something like Bojack can. And I think like Bojack is the only show in recent memory I've seen handle this kind of difficult negative character in a way that comes off really like, like you feel a closure at the end because like he he reaches a punishment that is entirely of his own doing but he has to kind of live through it and that's somehow in a way the ultimate punishment you know but they had like six seasons with him they had 10 episodes with Simon so I feel like the solution for them was to kill him because he he's gone too far and, and it probably made the most sense to just get rid of him so he couldn't hurt anyone else but that also I'm afraid kind of makes him a little bit of a martyr and I'll just say like and I did talk about this a little in the review video, but like, I was just like thinking about like, you know, even the the fan discourse for social media, a lot of it was just like, 
you know, everyone is talking about Simon and drawing fan art, fan art of Simon looking like really sad and tortured. And yeah, he is sad and tortured. But again, I feel like it's so easy for us to give someone like Simon, like our time and humanity where I don't think it's best spent when people like Simon are the ones committing most of the crimes in, the, in our country and getting yeah. away with it. You know, yeah. and that's just, I'm not putting that on the crew. That's not their fault, but it, I, it, it's just it's like, hard to not see that yeah, connection. It, once though. you see the connection, it's so hard not to have that color your experience. And because of that, I was like really broken up at certain moments watching these because it was just like, I can see them trying to have like this complicated nuanced character and have us be so conflicted. But by the end, I wasn't conflicted and I no longer wanted to have empathy for him because like, that empathy is so little given to so many other people who deserve it so much more than I think Simon really does in, in terms of what he represents with real people, you know? I So that's, that's my piece. I'm done now. I'm so tired, but I just really, I feel like it needs to be said. No, th- th- thank you for, no. for expressing all of that. Um, I, I think this um, also suffers from the fact that it there's some stuff happening at this moment. Like, we recorded this on August 27th. I'm sure you could, if this is in the future, you could figure out what, what happened. August 27th, 2020. Yeah, figure I out mean, what that, was happening. yeah. But, I, like... I was gonna... Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, April. I was gonna say, like, I definitely see that connection now. And I guess, like, I, I 100% agree, but in a, a way to sort of defend, I guess, like my conflicted feelings is it is because the show did try and make him empathetic, but I, I much would have rather in the end, having seen where we go with Simon's character, I again would have, I like much rather that time for his development to be gone towards Hazel or Grace or anybody else, yeah. honestly, because yeah. there was like, whenever I saw like, whenever he like, he pushes her over and he's in her mind and he's sort mm-hmm. of like, he's like, like gaslighting her a little bit. And then yes. he's also manipulating her own memories. And yeah. she calls him out for that too. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause she's just like, just because like my memory, like, like you don't like it doesn't make it not real. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's also something to be said. The fact that he's willing to go as far as, you know, manipulating and changing um the memories of another person just to suit his needs and his wants and then going back and i I don't want to say like brainwashing but it was very easy to convince probably the kids to um you know turn against grace like that and like even at that moment i was just like oh no like and he was like let's wheel her and i was like oh no like they're like i lost you know like feelings for him and again you know like he he did have empathetic moments which is true but again like the show didn't really have a choice but to kill him off because he was so far gone at the end of it and you know it is it's really unfortunate and i would like it's hard now (laughs) see like in that this light given like the world that we are living in today, like maybe it would be better received if we weren't in the time that we are in, but that's still no excuse to dismiss it either. Um, Because I think like you mentioned like 
true crime podcasts and things like that. And I, for one, do not like those yeah, at all because horrible. I don't, I don't like, or I don't like, I just it don't glorifies things that we shouldn't glorify. Yeah, yeah. It, no, it definitely does. It glorifies like terrible people who have done horrific things. And so like, I think that by making him empathetic, you're there, you're doing that. Like, you're glorifying his, like, terrible actions. And whenever, like, I'm thinking about just any villain in any other, like, movie, TV show or whatever, I, I you know, I think about how, like, we only ever really make the villain empathetic if, like, at some point there's going to be a redemption for them. Um, and I'm sure there's examples and you're welcome to like, put like yell them at me or whatever, but <laughs> gently like, place them in the comments. <laughs> yeah. I, gently place them in the comments. I I'll maybe read them, but just, <laughs> <laughs> that's just right. Like, time is precious. April. Time, time is precious. <laughs> but just thinking about it, like, you know, I can't really remember a villain that I felt some empathy towards that didn't at some point get a type of redemption. I mean, the the first one that I'm kind of thinking of right now is like She-Ra, for instance. Like, that's the first one that popped into my head because even the villains of that show eventually found their redemptions. Um, but we did also spend time to I, feel empathetic towards them. I can um, have a couple crime. He was the only the one who was just, the point. really not nuanced. Yeah. <laughs> but but intentional. Like, yeah. Like Lord Prime, like we didn't we didn't spend any time like fleshing him out, really. So like that's like that's kind of like the example that sits in my head right now as I'm thinking about this. So I think that the time that we spent on Simon was very much wasted now. I <laughs> it's I a balance, right? Different. Like I do yeah. think some of Earth having it's just like how do you find the line between having just enough to give us a sense of him without it feeling like it's prioritizing him as a person over other people who are doing much better things than him yeah you know, and that's I, how I I think the other way to kind of think of it too is that in order to better understand Grace maybe we had to understand that part of Simon yeah. um just because that it, it sort of really does like help I guess flesh out their relationship and how they ca- they came together and how they sort of came to be, you know? So, I mean, I think I, it was very admirable of the crew. To do I am this. going, to, I, I've had a little time to put together my thoughts. It took a second. Okay. I love it. Yeah. And I'm kind of going to take, I'm not going to, devil's advocate such a dirty word. It's I, such I'm, a dirty word. Don't use it, Maddie. Yeah. No, not. What, what I was going to say is that Provide I'm going to... an alternate way of thinking. I, I'm, I'm going to defend the show a little bit in that I think that their depiction of Simon is not supposed to be sympathetic at the end. No, I don't... I, oh. I, I get that, Maddie. And that's like, that's like the crux of my thing. It's like, this was not something they intended, but this is how it comes off just based on like the fact that the show doesn't exist in a vacuum. And that's what hurt so much to think about that they tried so hard to find this balance and it still kind of doesn't feel like it was quite enough and that it's not their fault it's just it's just so unfortunate you know because I want to root for this and they've they've done so many amazing things and like I've I've never felt so like hurt to give criticism but like I just I, I, I do think, like, just based on, like, how the fan community has reacted to Simon and just, like, the time and place that we are watching the show, 
I yeah. I don't think it was as can, successful as. Can I do what I want to say before you like? Yeah, no, for sure. To go go against it, it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm not trying to cut you off. I just, you seem to be going against what I'm saying before I get a chance to say it. In that, um, he is, I think that I was misinterpreting the feelings that I had for Simon. And I really appreciate what you said, Michelle, because it helped me recontextualize exactly what I was feeling. And that, like, I felt this sadness watching the end of Simon and watching his death and watching his full downfall and it was a lot of what you said where it was kind of we're used to this story and it's kind of not helpful to sympathize with these people in a lot of ways but I think the reason I felt sad the reason that I felt these things is in the end because I'm sad because it's real I'm sad yeah how it is this person does die in real life. This, like, like this. And I'm not saying that's a tragedy. I'm saying that this is just how it is. This person tries to kill somebody, tries to kill a lot of people, and then they're just dead. And there's no closure. There's no ending here. This is just it. There's nothing yeah. after this to finish with Simon. The show did a lot of work not, a mar- not to make a martyr of him. But then it feels... It feels story-wise like we've left this gaping hole there because that's how it is in real life. It's just this awful, empty feeling because he's dead. There's nothing he can do to repay for what he's done, but he's already killed a lot of people. Tuba's not back now that he's dead. And on top of that, I think the whole show, the whole season, I mean, showed that Simon was living in that world of privilege the whole time just from the way he was fighting for things grace was always in this position of and i'm gonna say this as i'm a white per- I'm, I'm a white person one of the whitest people i know so i'm gonna say this with like a lot of like we're talking about this on, on the podcast so i need to make a comment on it but i'm not i'm being very careful with my words is what i'm saying so i'm sorry is that grace is constantly in a position where she wants more she feels like she doesn't have what she 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 realizes that she can lose what she has at any moment and Simon, on the other hand, the second he loses a single thing, his whole world crumbles. It's a very different reaction to loss. It's a very different reaction to betrayal. That's Grace, true. when she loses yeah. something, she almost feels like she's expecting it. It seems like she's ready for it to happen before it happens. And it really it goes into just how white people act inherently. Like... I am used to getting things certain ways based on my skin and based on the way things are in my life. And that's not good, but it is just how I am. And I can't change that because that's how I grew up and that's the environment I'm in. And Simon is doing that same thing where he is, he expects it. He needs it from people. He needs them to serve him in a certain way. And when they don't fit his narrative, when they don't fit the things he thinks he deserves, he just has to end it all. He needs to like just just burn it to the ground and start over. And it is in this trauma with him, and that's not like fake. That is a trauma he lived. But his reaction, his reaction to the trauma, is really, really rooted in this racial stuff we started to comment on in this season. Yeah, and I I would also mention uh, you guys have been alluding to this. The, the timing of this all is really <laughs> place where, yeah. where, 
Well, l- l- let's say like a there's there's national outrage over the shooting of Jacob Blake and, yeah. as part of like yes. many months now of 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 seeing the narrative of a white white police officers shooting unarmed black men. So you have all that going on. Recently as well within the animation industry, we had an incident with the uh, Shira showrunner uh, Noelle Stevenson revealing that there was an inside joke that was based in racially insensitive stereotypes. And that also br- brings up that that was an all-white crew. Yeah. Similarly with Infinity Train, the, the writing staff is, is all-white. They did have Jeff Trammell as a consultant for this season, perhaps contributing to this not feeling as over- overtly as maybe it could have it could have gone. You know, like uh, we could, there's yeah. totally a, a worst-case scenario that we didn't get to here. Yeah. But just yeah. it, 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 it's it's something to, to consider right within the animation industry that I... because of the of the fact that what a white narrative dominates the the the, the writing process you get uh, sometimes you get situations like this where you have the, the fragile white male getting a lot more attention than the the black <laughs> female character but... so uh, we we talked we've talked in earlier in this podcast about like that they are co-leads but at the same time there was the feeling that the middle episodes focused a lot more on Simon and we stacked great stuff in episode nine. So just that, that, that is extra, extra context that we have going on in all of this too. But I, I think that, I think that fits it because like, that's what these like delicate white men do. They force themselves into the leading role. They force themselves into this place. And that's almost what Simon did mid season. He made his problem the focus because he had a problem and that had to be what we dealt with, no matter what else was going on. And that felt, and I don't know if they, and I'm, I'm saying this, I don't know if they got this across well enough. I think this is what they were going for on some level, but I don't know if it worked. I don't know if we got there, because again, it, I do feel a little too sympathetic for him in a yeah. way that kind of makes me uncomfortable. That's yeah. like kind of how I feel once like, once I really looked at this from a different angle, um, I... The sadness for me came, like you were saying, man, it's like, I, I can't say for sure what their intentions are. I can yeah. look at our discussions we've had on, you know, how nuanced he is and how much time they spent fleshing it out and how that, like, puts us in this, like, you know, in the context of the show, a fun place to feel, like, all kinds of ways about him and acknowledge, like, conflicting feelings of empathy and just, like, revulsion. But I think... um you know, despite like whatever the goal was, I feel like how it's come across. And again, just like how I've just seen people talk about Simon, it really feels like maybe it was a a little too much time because it is maybe a little too easy to, to care about how he feels. And that's not like an accident. (laughs) It feels like they should have had more than Jeff Trammell on the team because this feels like you should acknowledge kind of the fear like they acknowledge the fear and grace in one episode really and i think that they should have acknowledged that i think that someone like grace in this situation would start being afraid a lot sooner than she did yeah i wonder like i I do oh i i I, I will give i guess grace a little bit of credit because i think that you know the because she she lied to simon out of a fear for hazel yeah which means that she did yeah, and so she did demonstrate, you know, a little bit of fear 
like fear of Simon earlier on. Um, I mean, it wasn't like immediately, but it was still like early enough on that I'm, I want to at least give her credit for that. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, not saying that she, I'm not saying her reactions are not valid or anything. Like, yeah. I think I give her credit for everything she does this season. Like, she's incredible. I'm just saying that they could have done better to frame it for the audience to show yeah. that, like, Grace's fear is not just because Simon is being awful. There's a lot of other things that are happening here under the surface that we're just not talking about, even though we kind of touched on the null thing. Yeah, I will say, like, one thing I really liked about Grace that I did see, like, in myself is just, like, she she cares so much about everyone, like, being on the same page and, like, yeah. and, and, like, like managing people and, like, having everyone like her. But also, like, making sure nothing gets, like, too off the rails, you know. And that, that like, that does feel, like, a little more, like, to me personally, it feels like a, a very, like, female kind of thing to just, like, want to, like, make sure everyone's okay and to be, like, to somehow make it your job to, like care about like to do that emotional labor essentially and, like yeah. i i read that as female but like that doesn't have to necessarily be a female no. experience either it's very there's a lot of things you can personally take out of these characters regardless of true to you but i do think yeah having an extra layer of someone who can really speak from a character like this perspective would have probably helped in general and also speaking of the way that she was leading the apex like simon and her were kind of set up to be like the mother father like duo there they're set kind up of, to, yeah and like that's and that was purposeful but i think beyond that beyond the specific way she deals with kids like i have seen a lot of media where men are good with kids a lot of media where, <laughs> like it, it, yeah. it's like there's media where they aren't but i don't think that this is solely like in today 2020 this isn't a solely feminine thing and it shouldn't be and i think that when we look at this it i still think she's cast in this position where she's the leader she's the best she's like has the highest number she's the person you should look to she's constantly trying to make sure she has pleased everybody and every and that she thinks she can do that like i do appreciate that they never like used her race is like a plot point that like that seems like a pretty rookie yeah. mistake. And they never yeah. like she's a person, like let her be a person first but, and foremost. But that I'm I'm clarifying that does not right. mean that her like her race is irrelevant because that colors her whole perspective and it's a part of who she is. So I it feel is. like maybe in like being a little more nuanced with that could have added to this whole dynamic of her with Simon because like like I agree with you're saying like the confidence you get from a certain amount of privilege is unmatched by like yeah. to a point just like the the belief that things will just go your way and that there won't be serious consequences is a direct result of living with that privilege and i mean maybe yeah maybe it would have been interesting to see grace navigate them more but again like yeah this is just not a thing white people should tackle alone. yeah it, and i know they weren't completely alone but the, the uh, reason though, but i think you're I, I think they did recognize that she like they did acknowledge yeah, her the, blackness the, in the show because they had this whole subplot about racism which i feel was very not good looking back where she had this <laughs> like where she uh, where she's like you're one of the good ones and i'm just yeah, like I know, I it, know. It, looking back on that specifically that felt really bad but again i'm a white I'm a white woman and I can like it I, I don't have the full perspective here but that feel for my like from what I'm seeing it feels like it's not acknowledging how much she understands that 
Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> How do you move on from here? I, I think that was a very um, a deep discussion on on, on Simon's uh, role in, in this show um, and Grace. Uh, just uh, briefly, uh, um, just random Simon stuff from, from that final sequence. Um, th- there's this shot of the number surrounding his face as he's crying, Am and I uh, laughing at the same time with lightning bolts. It's a lot. That's like an extra shot, right? That's there. Pretty <laughs> but, but like, that's also uh, playing into the idea that he is like, like they're giving him this beautiful shot that people are going to remember. And it's just mm-hmm. kind of plays into what you were saying, Michelle. That right. That is the part I'm like most worried about showing because like I had a really strong reaction to it when I was live watching and I just kind of like broke down a little bit I was like I don't want to see these tears like I I can't I I refuse to feel empathy for him at this point please stop trying to make me conflicted like he's done so much harm like please just let this end like this is so like this is reached this is past the point of like thought-provoking uncomfortable nuance and it's going to a place that feels like you're 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 so you you still want to make us see him as this complicated person when he chose his path he's chosen his path at this point and he just needs to accept the consequences because otherwise like it just feels like every other news story we see all the time it does yeah um there's uh there's some uh reprising of the cult's imagery partly with like the manipulation of the kids um also i oh, yeah no, i noted the the usage of the words like describing grace as an infection as a rot oh, is, yes. is very very cult-like um you know uh-huh. uh, uh, actually going back to what april was referring to with horde prime from she-ra that's very similar language uh so yep. yeah. um so yeah cult, cults are not good guys uh don't join cults he calls her like an it at one point it's just like the lengths he goes to immediately dehumanize her and other her as yes. soon as yeah. like he yeah. believes in his mind that if she lied to him once she's against him forever it's just like so well, the, the, the it, inventing yeah. of language right yeah. Like, yeah. like avoid like just like needing to like find so some term disgusting. to like, uh, like assign to a title to it almost like yeah. a like give it give it a, a name but yeah. also like the fact that he he knows the truth of everything but at no point did i ever think that he like believed it he, or yeah it. he believed it or accepted it because like he's very much like convinced himself that that's what happened like she is the void. Like I, you know, I made her the void. So therefore she is kind of thing. So it's very, there's not, there's not a lot of good qualities. Yeah. We have covered that. Yeah. But <laughs> I was, but, I was very afraid. Like, cause they're just like, like even because even before it was explained and they kept calling her a void and everything like that. I was like, this is not good nothing good is going to happen. Like <laughs> very anxious. Yeah. <laughs> for but Grace you know what? <laughs> it, it, it all works out because we get to see his bones. Um, so we, we oh, talked a little, a little bit at the beginning about this shot. Um, somebody called it Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, I saw a lot of reaction like, oh, how can they show this on TV and like, stuff? Come on, we but have like, Momo. Skele- 
Jason, Capo was yeah. Like, yeah. Skeletons are funny. Skeletons are funny, Alex. Did you the really? Skeleton think is that? not yeah. funny. Like you see his skull, it's fun. It's <laughs> He's going to laugh. That's what I just learned today. Funny? Yeah, I laughed at that. (laughs) I disagree. (laughs) I disagree a lot that it's funny. If it's not plastic, I'm probably not going to laugh at a skeleton. (laughs) If it's not a puppet. Oh my god, puppet would be scary. The combination, like the melting, like flesh and eyeball, like I that that must not smell good. You're right. Well, I was gonna say, like in my head, I was just like, oh god, that can't smell good. Like I can't (laughs) even have that good. Like I, I was not in a good place during that. (laughs) Like there there, there is the shot also of Grace like picking up like the sand that remains and crying over Mm -hmm. it. She's making sure. Yeah. Really, <laughs> doing the double tap in her own yeah. way. <laughs> so um, we are going a little bit long here. So just like quick hits around uh, gomes theories on gomes. Let's go. I like how you say that. Gomes. Let's go. Gomes. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Uh, I feel like there's one obvious theory that's floating around, but let's see if any of you hit it. Uh, Maddie, do you, you want you want us to talk Gomes earlier? Uh, yeah, I think I might have hit on the theory you're talking about, but I, I don't know which one exactly you were talking about. Um, I think that these might be part of the life cycle of the train in that maybe people that don't, like, they might either get reset or maybe even turn into des- denizens even. Like, that this seems to be part mm-hmm. of the, like, I don't think the Gomes just straight up destroy people like i think that there's something else going on here but also they it could have just been like whoa simon is so bad that i'm just gonna explode and die now (laughs) i was gonna say like i had like a small theory it's probably totally wrong and not correct in any way shape or form but i remember thinking like oh i wonder if they only truly go after like the worst off like people who have the higher numbers yeah specifically because one though it almost sucked her out remember that's true because well and see because i was thinking about it like too in a sense that like maybe they go after like those that they don't feel like are going to take it anything away from the train because then they're just like taking up space on this infinity train on this infinity train that we're all on (laughs) yeah but but, because i mean like it went after i mean it was it went after both of them which is true they did have higher but and they do have much higher numbers but like it seemed to be like all right simon like (laughs) (laughs) like all right right. and your 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 neck numbers like (laughs) yeah uh, April, I think, is close to the theory that I've been hearing that, like, the, the gomes are basically, like, the train's enforcers, where, like, if you're going so far against what the train is purposed for you, like, the, those are sent out. Like, we, even with Tulip, like, those happen because she's, tra- she's like, already off the train, and they chase yeah. her back on oh, the train. Oh, so they're uh, monitors of the train. I honestly thought, just based on the fact that that one exploded after that, because we saw the gun that can create gums. Amelia um, had it in the first book. I thought it was, like, maybe Denison's that had accidentally been like transformed and they wanted to end their suffering so they were finding any passengers uh, so they could <laughs> finally die because they hated being cockroach dogs. 
But I like your theory. It's more it's more involved. Yeah. <laughs> I like I, I, and I, I, think, I think I don't know. I wouldn't I don't know like if it exploding was on purpose or not. It could have just been a side effect because like I'm tasted so bad. Yeah, because yeah, Simon really tastes so bad. So bad that they needed to <laughs> explode. explode and die. I mean, I I would. April explode if I ate Simon, I would die. Yeah. Or yes, melt uh, him. <laughs> I, I was seeing some wish fulfillment out there that it was either Tuba or or their daughter. <laughs> oh, I like that revenge i mean like uh i i don't know if i want to comment on that yeah yeah. i mean i'm just just throwing it out there no i know you are i'm not blaming you alex i'm Uh, just saying i'm I'm fine just moving on from that yeah yeah yeah. um so uh hazel she 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 yeets out of there pretty quickly yeets out of there (laughs) yeah that that train car it lifts and then it goes whoosh I, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I'm just saying I just want to acknowledge it. Was a choiceful yeet on her own part and yeah, voluntary. Amelia yeeted the car herself. Oh, uh, yes, <laughs> so, uh, so um, ha- Hazel, um, uh, uh, pa- painful goodbye. Um, she also gets a little bit of uh, episode nine. Um, Hazel is still is still precious. Uh, her her you know uh, not not too much new here, but uh, just yeah, Hazel's cool. I was really chose to leave. Yeah, I and I was so because I remember uh, Maddie. I think you were the one that was the most just like bothered by the fact that Grace, like when it came down to the truth being revealed, Grace did kind of like in her way she was trying to protect Hazel, but she hurt Hazel in the process. And I love that this has come back immediately, and now Hazel's like, "Look, you've broken my trust." Like, this is a consequence. We may never see each other again because, like, you decided to do this and, like, nothing's going to be the same between us. And for her to have, like, the choice and dignity to, like, do that, I'm just like, that was a really great decision. Also, again, it's, I, you saying that, like, Grace had to face that. Like, she had to face that. She made that decision. She had to face that. Um, it, it it again not to go into the whole conversation it again contrasts her with simon that like she she was thrown she was shown her mistake mm-hmm. and she faced it and decided yes i did make a mistake instead of what simon did yeah. it's it's so impressive just seeing her battle all of her worst fears yeah. literally saying them at herself like that is so hard and the fact that she was able to just get through that is a testament to her strength of will you know yeah it really is mm-hmm. And uh, as we as we talk about Hazel and Amelia, we begin to think about what what could be next season, right? Um, just to briefly summarize what we know about Infinity Train, um, the current public stance of Owen Dennis, uh, the showrunner, is that it's at risk of not being renewed. He's talked about his contract running out in a couple months. At the same time, uh, he has uh, liked tweets of positing that book four exists and oh, is in question is five and six. <laughs> he has, though. You stir in the pot. Um, well, yeah, uh, quit stirring that pot. Uh, it's okay. Also, it, it appears there is uh, some information from an animation studio describing a season two as twenty episodes. So uh, that that's uh, additional information that that's it, out there. I mean, it uh, does feel like this is setting up a lot of stuff. Like not just with Grace and everything. Like right. there's a lot of things that are left open. Right. Right. So like. With, with uh, working under the assumption that there is a book four that's going to happen, um, what what do you guys feel like you you'd uh, you'd be excited for um, based on based on what we know, uh, Maddie? I want to see more of. I think 
I want to I want a season that just doesn't actually focus on people trying to leave the train or focus on what the train is for. I was I want to see not necessarily Amelia. I kind of want to just focus on like denizens of the train and just see what exactly the train is trying to do because it can't be just this thing that's trying to help people that just doesn't make sense in my brain that that would be why this was made it feels like there's more going on and i actually want to dig into that because we've dealt we've delved a lot into what the train is trying to do for these people and i kind of just want to delve into like what the train's trying to do for itself yeah because it's interesting because book three actually like it's got the least train lore of any of these seasons so far right like we kind of took a break from all that so, if we want to go back to that, that's that's one one possibility. Um, April, do you have any book for um, hopes and dreams? <laughs> I think that I like the idea of just getting more into like the train, and I think it would be, I guess, interesting to do that through Amelia and Hazel, just because we're kind of get like we're getting like a, an actual like human as well as like a den- um you know, Hazel. And so <laughs> more Hazel, give me her. Um, but I think that would be like an interesting way to go about it. Uh, I I don't really know like what a fourth book would or a fourth season would truly look like because they did leave so much like so much to explore still. And it could go mm-hmm. in any way. Like I liked how there was you know, each season has kind of crossed over from the previous. And so, um, you know, we could continue to follow Grace, but I think that more justice would be served if we followed Hazel because we already know that Grace is on the right path. And, um, and even though she didn't get off the train, we like, we like, she's not going to go backwards. And so I think that that's like where we leave her. Um, and so we just move on with the next, you know, person that we've encountered. So ideally it would be Amelia and Hazel. Um, and I think that would also be kind of fun too, to have like the one, one Amelia like interactions as well as, you know, throwing in like figuring out Hazel and all of that stuff. So I think that would be a, make for a really interesting season for instead of like, you know, oh, we've got a person on the train. Like, what are we doing with them? Like, I yeah. think it. I think it would be like a good a good way to mix it up. I think we've moved past that plot at this point. Yeah. yeah. Well, because I mean, we've kind of done all that we could do with it without yeah. like without it getting like monotonous and everything like that. Like, we had an actual human die. We've had, you know, people get off the train. We have people who are still on the train, but we know they're doing the right things now and heading in the right direction. And you know, so we've, you know, we've hit all of those strides. And so I think that, like, the best, you know, because I, I agree with Maddie that I think it would be really good to see, like, someone who's not trying to get off the train. Amelia's not trying to get off the train. Yeah. She's just trying to fix the train. And then I think we could really get into, like, train lore at that point as well. Ideally, like, yeah, I was thinking that following Amelia would make a lot of sense just because, like, she has such a different relationship to the train than everyone else. Yeah. But it yeah. seems like, based on Owen's tweet about how, like, if he could have a movie would feature Amelia, that seems to imply that she yeah. isn't plans for book four. And if that's true, I would like to see a character who's ready to, like, confront the train head on and get some clarity 
about the train, not because I'm like train fan number one over here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we all know. <laughs> it just feels like it's time because otherwise, yeah, we we can't ever go back to a simple someone gets on learns a lesson. And I think the show knows that, so it stands to reason what's the last thing to really tackle here, and it feels like it's the train itself. I don't know if that's really where they plan to go yet, because, like, if you tackle the train, then I feel like there's the issue of, like, well, how do you then top that? Like, the train is the ultimate thing in Infinity Train, and so that might, if you want eight seasons, I don't think you can tackle the train in book four. But ideally for, like, what seems like a natural progression, I would hope maybe they could manage to do that at some point because that's honestly what I want right now. Yeah, I'll, I'll just say that I would, uh, whether it's Amelia or Hazel or a new character, I'm just in the mood for something a little more uplifting. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> true. Book, 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 book three was a grind, you know, it like it's, it's great, but it, uh, it, it was, it was taxing. Yeah. So, and, and, and like, just brief, as we begin wrapping up here, we can talk about like where we're ranking the seasons. Uh, I, I think I still have book two highest just because I feel like that, that, um, journey was a lot more relatable and, and, uh, and at the same time, like, it do, does feel like a more satisfying ending to that book, um, compared to three. Um, I, I think I'd do two, one, three, but like three is still good. But, uh, yeah, just like, and this is like just, I, I think I said in the first podcast, like, this was going to be an uphill climb no matter what, because, like, you're starting yeah. from yeah. unsympathetic characters uh, from the previous season. Like, that. that's, a, uh, I think Michelle uh, mentioned the opening thoughts. Like, this is, like, a challenge you're putting on yourself to, to, to mm-hmm. work that into something satisfying. They, they got they got some, some of the way there, but, like, that, definitely um, it, it was a challenge. So um, I, I go two one three right now. Um, Maddie, do you have a ranking? Uh, two is just kind of transcendent for me. It's I so too. Yeah. Like Lake is just I don't know. Like I think Grace and Simon are really interesting, and I think this. Well, I think Grace is really interesting. I think the season's really interesting. It's really it hits me hard in a lot of ways. But I just Lake's season is so the storytelling is so economical. It's so clear. It just. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. every episode of that season works towards Lake becoming Lake. And it's just so gorgeous and beautiful. Like, I think there's one episode in the middle. I forget which one it is, but th- that Lake's is just a little more fillery. But otherwise, Lake's season is just so... The moment when she's looking at her own reflection the, in, in <sighs> the water is just so cathartic for me. I don't think I could ever yeah. top that in this show. You can definitely go back to our book two identity podcast where we uh, dive yeah. uh, more deeper, deeper in depth into that. Deeper, if you want to hear our, our, yeah, deeper, <laughs> like a like a lake. Uh, deeper, Michelle, deep is a lake. Uh, Michelle, <laughs> do, do you want to give your season rankings? I mean, I agree that season two, I think, is my favorite just because it felt like it's the one I most personally was impressed by, and I think was. Like, for as ambitious as it was, I think it it culminated in such a jaw-droppingly stellar way. I think that really makes it stand out for me. I feel like, overall, the book three was the most ambitious, but I think because of some of that, it, it was harder to 
handle everything and I'm not sure like I I I give them maybe like an 85% is that pretty generous I'm gonna give them an 85 <laughs> solid B effort <laughs> especially considering like how much they really wanted to get into and how freaking hard that is and how little of TV is even trying to touch that stuff let's be yeah. real like A for effort B for execution I guess um A for concept B for B yeah. for execution like book one, I think like it's more simple, but it was the first one. It was like the first of anything. So I think it makes sense. That it was a lot more straightforward. So I think I'd agree with Alex that it's like book two is like such a gold standard of both concept and execution. Book one's just very straightforward and strong. And book three has a lot of really high points and a lot of lower points. And that puts it a little lower down on my list for that reason. Okay. Uh, April. Um, I, I'm not, I'm going to go part of the course and say that <laughs> book, book two is uh, definitely like the highest. Um, I, I, I don't think I really need to say much more. We you've said everything that I could say about book two. Um, as far as book three and book one, I kind of put them on the same plane just because I do recognize how ambitious like this book three was and how this entire season has been. Um, it's been very, again, ambitious is the word. Um, the execution, considering the amount that they put on their plate, has, has I mean, I can't. Like, I would have expected less for what they were trying to accomplish. And so I definitely want to give them credit for the season. And, and book one is just so, like, I guess, like, I don't know. I really connected with book one as well. And so I think that, like, like what they set up in that season has only made, like, book two and book three like possible because if we didn't then we would have to go through all of this like juxtaposition and everything like that and so i i'm grateful for that season (laughs) i i I just want to say because i think i think we've been a little down on season three here at the end i will say that there's some episodes here that are just absolutely incredible like oh yeah like so many funeral episode is just still like i I, like i have i have problems with like book three but i still think that like it's a very good season like yeah yeah. i mean it's kind of like throwing a wrench at everything but it's it's doing so in such a beautiful day oh a beautiful way beautiful day beautiful (laughs) day on this train on this train but so like i and i think that like you know like it looked good the animation was very like smooth the music like very played into like the drama of what was going on and like it was a it was an overall a a good season like I don't think there's a bad season of Infinity Train so yeah definitely not I mean and again like applause for so much they did manage to accomplish I like it's such stunning work and I can't imagine like (laughs) Yeah. how any of this came to be like it it really does blow my mind every time and i do still want to see more like i like are you kidding me like this is one yeah. of the funnest shows to talk yeah. about period and we watch a lot of stuff it would be so great to get to see all that they have for us in book four if book four is a thing it's it's not only like a fun show but like i like that they're willing to go to deep and dark 
and scary places. Yeah. Like, I love, especially because, like, this is a show made for, like, you know, like, teens, mm-hmm. queens. And so they don't get a lot in terms of animation. It seems like animation is very much divided into, like, kids and then adults. And yeah, so it's a yeah. very untapped market for teens. Yeah, right it's. Now. It's super untapped. And I think that, like, this is the best way to tap into it um, because it's it's relatable to teens. Like, who, what, the, you know, all of the, like, leads are teenagers. And so they have very, like, relatable problems. And I think that, like, that's, I think that's great. Like, they're definitely, like, making a headway into this market. And I love it. It's <laughs> great. It it honestly is great. Yeah, yeah. I I think that uh, will do it for for us here. Alex, at, wait, wait. <laughs> wait. Okay. I so I know I said a lot of times I was done with hot takes about the train. I promise. After this last one, I'm done for real. Uh, no more for me. What last one? Is okay. okay. So I screenshot this because my jaw dropped and I wanted to scream so loud, but I have a cat, so I didn't. Um, so there's a part where Grace at the very end of the last episode, she's like going down the escalator and she's talking to the kids about how everything's going to be different and there's going to be no more Apex. And she says, like, there can't be more Apex because, like, it's unfair for me to tell you how to understand yourself. <laughs> it's like, that is literally the entire problem with the train. Like, how is no one? Yeah. <laughs> I, think that, I, I think that it's a little too hands off. This, like, I don't care if you think that train is neutral i don't care if you think it's just a machine it is not fair for the train to tell you how to understand yourself and to assume that it knows what's best for you and how to deal with your problems like okay i'm done no okay, more okay. i have to say but i'll keep my teeth i will keep my think like i was like show let's put this out there Okay. If, people, if, if you've somehow listened through the one hour and change that this podcast has gone, <laughs> and you want to hear more discussion on train lore, please yeah. leave a comment below. Oh, I'm yeah. requesting that, and we can look into maybe having a second discussion, because I do think that book three kind of ends with like the train making its judgments after all on both Simon yeah. and Grace, like pretty pretty yeah. stunningly. But like we can get into that more in a different discussion. Um, until then, um, you can find info on this, on this podcast that animated.com you can find all our previous discussions on infinity train um you can uh you can also find uh i, I michelle will have a reaction video of, of, and you've heard a lot of her reactions here but i'm sure there's there's some different stuff as she's as she's watching the episode so you can find that on our youtube account as well uh, over the animated slash YouTube. Um, we have a lot of discussion going on on our Discord, as was referenced earlier in this podcast. So if you want to check that out, you can do that at overtheanimated.com slash Discord. If you want to share with us about Infinity Train or any other animated show out there. Um, again, if you've listened to us this long, it's likely that you like hearing us. And if that's the case, we would appreciate any financial support you want to give us. So you can do that at Patreon, at patreon.com slash animated. Thanks to all of our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Bob, who I'm pretty sure listened to this. So yeah, th- Bob! Th- thank- our champ, th- th- Bob! Th- th- thank-, thank you, Bob. Uh, and thanks to our Patreon executive producers, Ryan, Steve, Beatrice, Hugh, Michael, Needle, and Phonation. Um, 
like we said, um, Infinity Train, other po- uh, podcasts, who knows, depending on, on how, how much traffic this gets. And if we get comments uh, requesting something in particular, we can always consider it. Uh, otherwise, other shows that are out there, uh, we've, we've covered the Owl House pretty frequently. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amphibia, we have a podcast out there. Uh, you can go back to listen to other um, deep shows that we've discussed in the past, like BoJack Horseman, She-Ra, Undone. Like, if you like this kind of, of conversation, we've had this with with other shows as well, and you can dig through our archives for, for that as well. Or if but you yeah, want something um, that's truly off the rails, go check out the Ladybug podcast. Yeah, it's off go. the rails. God. <laughs> Uh, they also go into into deep uh, breakdowns of the psyches of the different characters on those podcasts as well. So go, 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 go look that up. Uh, but yeah, uh, well, until thanks for riding this train for us. We have arrived at the at the terminal. They, they, I, I haven't made train puns up to now, so here they are. Oh, I see. Uh, I see. Uh, th- 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 thank you very much, and we'll talk to you later. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.